0: Hello, and welcome to the Todd and Taylor Show. I am Todd A. I'm Taylor Trask. Welcome, Taylor. We have been talking a lot today, Uh, so I I will remind you what we're going to talk about, (laughs) Um, (laughs) even though you know. But this is for the benefit of our listeners. Last week, we did a a requested show, which was a huge recap and preview of what we were calling every movie that is coming out in 2017. Mm. Um, And this week, after we recorded the American Gods cast... Uh, I asked you if we could do a 10-minute mini-episode because we left out a couple of really important yes. movies. <laughs> and we also both went to see different movies this weekend, and I thought we could talk about those. Absolutely, so, yeah. Yeah, so the first movie we left out was Atomic Blonde.
1: Yeah, and this is interesting because I had seen... The last week like when I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, I remember seeing a uh, an end cap or pop display, you know those giant cardboard sort of cut out, you know uh, you know paper doll looking things that they have in movie theaters. There was a big old one for Atomic Blonde and it was like James McAvee, Charlize Theron, they're awesome, and I'm like, what is that? And then just never quite thought much about it until I saw it as a trailer before King Arthur uh, this last week. And was just like, holy crap, we forgot to talk about that on our episode. Um, And it is coming uh, out
0: really soon, right? Yeah,
1: it it, it may be one of those things where um, God help me, it it, that may be the surprise hit of the summer because it just literally kind of came out of nowhere, and it has the makings of one of those like classic like. Uh, just just, you know, stupid fun guy movies you know, that, that women are also going to probably appreciate. It just has like I mean, it's almost like it's almost a little bit made by committee from what I can tell. But you got Charlize Theron looking like as sexy as she ever has. You've got, um, you know, it's, a, it's basically like a La Femme Nikita kind of role. Um, it's
0: a very, and it's funny because we just brought this up in last week's episode um, where someone else had mentioned that her hairstyle in Fast Eight is uh, Angelina Jolie's from Gone in 60 Seconds. Atomic Blonde is very much the kind of movie that Angelina Jolie would have been doing yes, 10 perfect. years ago. Yep. You know, exactly. it is very much like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith kind of thing. Or, mm-hmm. but, I mean, it definitely seems more serious and hard edged. Um,
1: well, but, yeah, for 2017, but still has a lot of it yeah. has a lot of the same kind of fun and jokes and sort of you know, like it's surprising Brad Pitt
0: isn't in it too. You know, it would have been it would have been he would have been the James McAvoy character or something. Uh, and all we take away from it is like she's some kind of international e- like agent, you know, <laughs> not really a spy, but some kind of you know sometimes in disguise, and then she just kicks a lot of ass. That's that's all I got from it.
1: Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and, I'm, and I'm missing well, something. No, and she makes out with Sophia. What's her face from Kingsman? The uh, the the chick with the, the the sword legs. Um, she's like the French, the French oh, spy. And then you're like, this right. like, make-out scene. You're like, oh, well, I have to see it now. I,
0: it's my duty as an American man to see this now. So, <laughs> um, so, yeah. I so you didn't even know about it until you saw that that uh like uh, stand up and then and then um the preview. Yeah,
1: because I had never heard one, word one about yeah. it until then,
0: and I didn't either. I had not heard a word about it except that I had seen this preview on YouTube like a, a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I'm misremembering that. Maybe it was just like a month ago, but it seems like it was like at the beginning of the year, like this was coming in 2017. And I just sort of forgot about it really until I heard other people mention they'd seen the trailer ahead of something. And I saw it ahead of uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy this weekend in IMAX. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so that is actually coming out in July. The second movie that we missed which I'm hoping maybe you know a little bit more about than I do. I just have seen trailers, and it looks super interesting, is The Beguiled, directed by uh, Sofia Coppola. Um, I have heard nothing about this movie. Oh, whoa. Okay, so the trailer is super creepy, um, and it stars Colin Farrell, Nicole Kidman, Kirsten Dunst, Elle Fanning. um, Whoa, what? And there are also like uh, four other young women in it, and the trailer sets it up. It's this like antebellum, well, not antebellum. It is during the bellum, during the Civil War mansion <laughs> in the, the South. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it. yeah. What it, whatever that's called. <laughs> um, my Latin uh, fails me in this moment. Um, but yes, it is uh, during the Civil War. A, a, there is a, a you know, old Southern mansion Um, where Nicole Kidman is clearly like the matron of the house. Kirsten Dunst is like the sort of, you know, secondary matron or whatever you might call it. Um, and Colin Farrell is a wounded soldier. I I believe a union soldier, um, and he shows up and in the trailer, there's just this kind of tension of, uh, they're, they're treating a wounded soldier and Kirsten Dunst is clearly, um, you know, infatuated with him a little bit or developing some feelings for him. And then in the trailer again, like sort of, you know, there's one of those, like, she, you know, opens the door to a room she thinks is unoccupied. And Nicole Kidman is naked with Colin Farrell. Mm. And, you know, and so you kind of think it's like a, um, you know, like a, I don't know. It almost looks like a weird love story set in the Mm. civil war. And then it just turns into something super evil and like, um, almost at least from my trailer experience, was like, wait, is this like misery? Now they're keeping him their prisoner, and they're oh, like, weird. you know, breaking his bones or something to like, you know, hobble him and keep him here. So I don't know. It just, it just gets creepy super fast. And Sophia Coppola is not like, uh, it, it, there's not that kind of tension in her movies that I've seen no. before.
1: Yeah, no, so, <laughs> that's that's why when you said her name, I'm like, wait, what?
0: That's why was- I'm really interested in it because it definitely had a very slow-moving horror feel to it uh-huh. of um, and so anyway, it's called the beguiled. Uh, I don't have a release date on that, but um, this summer interesting. Enjoy. I what movie did you see this weekend?
1: I saw Guy Ritchie's King Arthur, blah blah blah, whatever the subtitle is, this weekend. And if you listen to our last movie review episode, I was sort of hopeful because i had seen it's a lot of good yeah. positive press on it. Um, a lot of people were like, "Oh my god, this is actually surprisingly better than we thought." Yada yada yada. And I went and saw it, and you know, I enjoyed myself. It, it, my first text to you, I think after seeing it was, "It's a tonal mess." I mean, it's it's hilariously just a giant big pile of mess. Yeah, but some there are there are a couple sequences and scenes that are just goddamn phenomenal like the first 15 minutes are just as epic and as amazing as I mean it's like take those elephants from Lord of the Rings and make them like 20 times bigger and have like gigantic like have these like sorcerer mages like shooting fire from the top of them and you'll have like the opening sequence it was so, amazing it was spellbinding without um,
0: spoiling anything that i'm guessing that means the opening sequence is some kind of battle Oh yeah, very okay. much. Very okay. Much. Cool. Well that I mean, uh, well but hook.
1: yeah, oh yeah, it, it, totally. And it's like it's worth almost seeing that just for um just for that scene alone, just seeing it in the big big screen cuz it definitely you need to have the overwhelming sort of aspect of that. But then it just like, you know, it it's almost like they needed a couple more passes at that screenplay cuz it just it sort of hobbles along here and there and then it's like you sort of hobble along, you hobble along and then like they have this really killer sequence. You're like, okay, so this is the movie. And then it's like, no, no, hobble along, hobble along. Hobble. And then it gets a little cliche. and just You don't quite ever understand why Jude Law is evil, um, which is <laughs> what, a huge problem, you know, because he does some really bastard stuff. And you're like, but why? Why are you evil? Like, it's just, it's never clear. Right.
0: Well, um, we also brought up, uh, and let me ask you about this, about how does Charlie Hunam do in the lead? Because we sort of expressed our skepticism about him carrying a movie like that.
1: Yeah, he's, you know, he was in um he was technically the lead quote unquote in uh um Pacific, Pacific Rim. Rim. And you know, I say quote unquote because I would argue Idris Elba Idris was Elba. the lead in Pacific Rim.
0: <laughs> but uh no, Charlie – he I was like Mako. That's who I thought was the lead really. <laughs>
1: you know what? I'd even take her too. I uh and he was fine. And just like in in this movie, he's he's fine. I would have definitely cast a different person. though If you're going to sell this movie, um uh if you're not going to do real Arthurian legend you know you're gonna like you know, mess with the, yeah. sort of the story, um, and there's not gonna be Merlin, there's not gonna be you know uh, Guinevere or any of that. Then you your next thing in line is okay, we got to cast this thing with some star power, and you got Jude Law, and that's fine. But and you got Eric Banna playing freaking um, Luther Pendragon, his father, you know, Arthur's Ooh. father. I would have rather seen uh, Eric Banna take the lead. He would have been great. He was Love perfect. That guy. So it's like you get Charlie uh, you' hunt know, I and mean, he's fine, but just it just it wasn't it just sort of fell flat for me. I would have rather seen somebody a little bit more interested in selling these sort of the uh, the let it's like he became a legend by just by just sort of you know rolling with it yeah, yeah. and not like not feeling like I have. You're not, not feeling like, oh, this isn't for me or, you know, I have a I have a goal here. I have to avenge my family. Like, no, I just sort of like, oh, I guess, and now I'm king. So that's cool, right? Again, very Nelson Bagetti like He kind of just rolls <laughs> through
0: this world. Just like, if you, you there's know. a reference to our latest episode of American Gods cast which you should check out, which is also a yeah. reference to Silicon Valley. Um, the <laughs> And you made me lose track of what I was going to say. Damn it. <laughs> the Nelson Baghetti of it.
1: I mean, it really um, is. It, it really is that that is now my reference point because it's just like, and it works for Silicon Valley because guess what? You have five or six other characters, you know, filling in all the other gaps, so you can afford to have a character who's just sort of oblivious. That can't be your lead. That can't right. be what drives the story. So you know,
0: right? Well, um, I saw. Uh, I oh, I know what it was. I know what I was going to say. That was funny. Which was between last week's episode of the Todd and Taylor show where we talked about all movies and this week, if you haven't heard that one, go back and listen just for this one part, which is uh, Taylor's uh, preview of Rings, the sequel to The Ring is, quote, I'm sure it's fine. So I really want, I really want to see the Taylor, like like you become the Roger Ebert of, of movie reviews. It's just a podcast you have that's called like, It's Fine because that's what you said about charlie hunnam now several times um i I would really love that where it's like yeah he's fine i'll say this like if
1: if you're there one night with your girlfriend or by yourself whatever whatever have you like i want to watch a movie i don't really want i don't want to think too much about it i just want it to happen then this is a movie for you where you'll be like yeah i'm entertained by things but it's you, you know you're more annoyed by the fact that like you know Merlin's not in it. Like
0: all but the king staples, especially of if there's Men. magic. I mean oh, that blows dude. me away. Honestly, I thought Jude Law was like an evil Merlin or something.
1: Well, he's King Vortigan. So if you're familiar with with Arthurian legend, or if you've watched the Merlin miniseries from NBC, as as I as I have, uh, Vortigan is a and and they actually treat him pretty that that it's pretty respectful. Like it's he's oh. weirdly Luther Pend, or Uther Pendragon's brother in this, which I'm not sure if that if that oh, is accurate. Okay. I, at this point, I mean arguing. Arguing the accuracy of Arthurian legend is kind of a, a pointless endeavor, anyway, because it's like you know, it's like arguing the accuracy of Batman stories. It's like I mean, right. everyone's going to have their their twist. Um, but just the fact that yeah, there was there was a lot of like very. It wasn't like subtle magic. Like it was there was like warlocks and shit on right. top of giant elephants shooting fire from pyramids and stuff. Like it was very <laughs> I dungeons and really dragons into that. Yeah, and it's like so. You've got that there. You've got you know sacrifices and stuff. And the way they sort of get around it is there's this there's this woman who I am convinced, by the way, is is the younger cloned version of Isabella Rossellini. Like somewhere, Isabella Rossellini like put her DNA into something, and now that has manifested and it's out there in the world because it looks eerily like her, sounds exactly like her. It was very strange, but they cast her as kind of like this little mage girl that like helps Arthur out. And they don't quite – ever. I don't think they ever give her a name other than just the mage. And um, I was in the back of my mind going, how awesome would it be if she turns out to be Guinevere? And like that's like
0: mm. – because you
1: know, I'm like that would be a really cool twist on that. And then her whole reason for being was like, well, Merlin sent you, right? Where where is he? She's like, he is busy. He cannot help us now. He you, this must be it must fall to me. So it's like they acknowledge him, but he, he didn't bother to show up, even though like Jude Law had become like the greatest threat to the the, the realm. So it's just like okay, I guess, but it would have been cooler to see Merlin and to have you be Guinevere, but all right.
0: That actor was also one of the mermaids in Pirates of the uh, oh, yes. Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides.
1: That's where I've, I knew she looked familiar, but she gonna, I mean
0: let me try to pronounce her name because it's awesome. It is. <laughs> her name is Astrid Burgess Frisbee.
1: I mean <laughs> I mean that's as good as, as good as I could do. I mean that could have been her character name Frisbe, for all I know. Maybe. Um yeah. I actually had to go up to IMDb after the movie. Yeah. I had I had to right before the credits, I had to pull up IMDb and go, is she really Guinevere? Because they were talking about making this like a six movie franchise, which I don't know, I don't know how yo, and it's
0: not it's not
1: doing well, unfortunately. Like it's it is very, very underperformed.
0: And fantastically expensive. It was a hundred and seventy-five million dollar budget and it made fourteen million on the opening night. (laughs) Like this thing tanked. Like legendarily, like this was bigger than a ghost in the shell kind of flop. This was a huge, huge. Well, it's,
1: flop. it's Warner Brothers, too. So, man, they, Ooh, they're not, <laughs> this is not, their 10 poles are not going well for them. They need to, they need to change. I, I am going to guess we're going to see a Sherlock Holmes three, uh, pretty damn quick to uh,
0: redeem Guy Richie's interesting Was off. that on the books, like with RDJ or?
1: Yeah, uh, it they, they were talking about it. I mean, it was always going to happen once they got a gotcha. screenplay right and RDJ was sort of done with his adventure stuff. Yeah. Um but now I'm thinking Warner Brothers who I think it's Warner has the, the rights to that too, I believe. Um they're mm-hmm. going to be I think they're going to be going back like, "Hey, we sh- we need to you owe us this guy. Come on."
0: Come well, I did- on. I had one good segue, but uh, then we talked too much for me to make it really stick. But you had said, if you want a movie that you don't have to think about, that's a good one. I saw one of those movies on Friday night. I saw The Fate of the Furious. Yeah. Wait, The Fate. The I can't say it with the eight in it. But, you know, (laughs) Fast and Furious 8. I I wouldn't say I'm, like, obsessed with it. But if you listen to our last episode, you'll know that I have now caught up with five through eight. And so this weekend, I definitely made a point to go see fast eight and see you know what the hell it is about and i have no idea like it's (laughs) just like the other three that i've seen um Mm -hmm. it is hilarious and senseless and uh i i honestly the last maybe i honestly i can't even remember which one is which but i know there have been other of the four that i've seen where i've I thought, yeah, you know, I'm just not really feeling it. And then the last action piece really blows me away. Um, and then anytime they talk about family or whatever, it's like total nonsense. Like it, it's so <laughs> stupid and like, uh, it's just like, uh, I don't know. I just, I just picture them going like the, the audience is going to love this. And I'm thinking, how stupid do you think your audience is? Like we just watched a submarine chase a bunch of cars on an ice shelf, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't really care about the family aspects after We're that. Like obviously I'm not you. I'm not in it for like the the brotherhood. I'm in it for the <laughs> stupid chases. I did love that somebody pointed out on Twitter that those nuclear submarines have a top speed of like thirty five miles an hour. There's no yeah. way they can catch up with like oh, <laughs> whatever that guy is, you know, the Maserati or whatever they're racing. <laughs>
1: Um, how, how did wait just out of curiosity if, if this, this is not a short answer don't bother but like how did they get cars on a big block of ice like how did they get a maserati like on a big ice sheet oh beat? that is a
0: great great question and the answer <laughs> is nobody knows it oh, is one okay. of the worst jump cuts in the movie uh where they they tell the plan they're like well this is where she's going for that sub we gotta get there and stop her. She'll never suspect whatever. And then literally the next scene is all those fancy ass cars just sitting on that <laughs> ice shelf. And you're like, what the fuck?
1: Like that reminds me of that scene in, in Tomb Raider where all of a sudden she's just riding her Harley on the, the, the Great Wall of China for no reason. You're like, okay. <laughs> like at least it's, that like like it's not opens clear the movie at all.
0: Or something, right? I don't know. Is that is that a cut in the middle of it? Like it's
1: it's like it's something yeah it's like she's like hanging out with her posture. she's talking to like her new partner or something she's like Daniel oh Craig. I can do this and like all of a sudden just cuts to her racing her motorcycle right. on the Great Wall <laughs> no explanation as to why it's just like you could have airlifted her in anywhere and you drop her on the Great Wall so she can ride on it like be- that's uh, not even how that works like, what
0: yeah it is it is it is very much like that where and all it's right. and it's Fair weird enough. that it's annoying that I have like a reality check moment on a Fast and Furious movie but <sighs> generally they any excuse to do something ridiculous with a car like i mean in fast 7 they fucking parachute in their cars which makes no sense (laughs) at all (laughs) onto a road i think that's in fast 7 and you're Mm -hmm. supposed to believe number one that the car would land on its wheels which is hilarious to begin with with a driver inside wow and that and that somehow this parachute that they seemingly have no control over like they've dropped them so precisely that they're going to land on this mountain road, you know? Yeah, so yeah. like, generally speaking, they do ridiculous shit in these cars. I mean, obviously that's all they do. Why not do some ridiculous shit to get them on the, like to Antarctica or wherever they are. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't understand why that happened in that way. I can only assume they film something and they were like, well, we might as well not even start that part. <laughs> that whole scene was 10 minutes. Why yeah. don't we just cut the whole thing out? Um, but I mean, my appreciation of these movies, uh, I, as I mentioned on our last podcast, is you know I appreciate them now from the podcast. Uh, How did this get made? Mm-hmm. And this was not maybe my favorite of them. I think five and six are both really good mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. on a scale of <laughs> Fast and Furious five through eight. They are <laughs> I'll scale of yeah,
1: and it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs>
0: I mean, they're all they're all superb. Uh because once you, you know, take out your thinking brain, they're great. Um Charlies Theron is awesome in this movie, uh, as the villain. Um, and uh Tormund Giants Bane uh is in it, and they should have given him more Giants Bane whoa! stuff to do. Whoa, 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 whoa. He is is he such still... a good bad guy.
1: Is he bearded and everything? Oh, yeah. is... oh,
0: oh yeah. nice. I wish they'd even had him in like the skins and like, you know, f- fur coat kind of thing because when they go to the ice place that would have been so funny if oh, you like be... in the car with vin diesel and he's covered in like you know a, like giant yak fur or something and...
1: oh shit now okay based on that i mean i was always gonna see it eventually but now based on that alone i might still i might see it in the theaters while it's still there yeah
0: this one uh it's oh, awesome the, the the yeah uh boy i mean there's some there's some you know it's good Go watch it Ignore the dumb stuff The thing that yeah. opens the movie There's there's always a race that opens the movie And this one is probably the dumbest one That opens up any other <laughs> movies I mean it is so stupid And I was laughing loudly Several times during this race mm. uh, It's I mean it's really I, I just can't I don't think I can oversell it It is like phenomenally stupid <laughs> Um <laughs> I don't even want to tell like I'm so tempted to say, like, oh, you won't even believe he drives blank, but I'm not even gonna say that. Like, it's so it's so dumb. Just go experience like that dumb race that opens up this this you know eighth movie in this dumb franchise. So um, and then on uh Saturday I went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in IMAX 3D, so I can make sure I got the full huge experience. And holy shit, did I enjoy it all over nice. again? I also so I watched it last week in just normal 3D, then um watched the first movie this week to kind of remind myself of that and i have just got to tell you like i'm this one is tighter better written and more enjoyable to me than the first interesting Uh, it's i don't know why that is like a controversial opinion but i've heard many many people say well i've heard a lot of people say like "Eh, i'm just i didn't i didn't enjoy it as much as the first but this one
1: i think we covered i mean i i sort of touched on that last time i think you're never going to come you're never going to repeat the freshness and just sort of feeling of new and shiny yeah, well with anything. So I think, you know, in place of that, you just got to salute the the story and the attention to character yeah. and
0: detail and, you know, all that kind no, of No, you're thing. right. And, and I did feel there was like actually a moment at the end of this one where I felt this very personal bias to these things, which is, um, I think I'm generally predisposed to dislike the team of rivals who mm-hmm. like have beef. And I'm always much more interested once they're like, acknowledged uh, teammates who maybe kind of like have you know sarcastic relationships with each other and uh, so this one for yeah. me was so much more interesting um which is like so there's a funny thing to compare to fast and furious where there's always like some new team member that they bring in who has like beef with somebody else and in fast eight they bring in jason statham who they have previously caught and put behind bars and also his brother and they bring <laughs> both of them out from prison to participate in the you know in the in the gang, like episode, um, yeah, uh, man, I could probably talk about Fast and Furious all night. I'll stop doing that. Before, well, let's, before before IMAX, me, oh, go ahead.
1: Before that, I did, while you uh, just just kind of like change oh, yeah. change uh, topics real quick, I did also see a trailer before King Arthur for Robot Planet. And um, was (laughs) which which you wonderfully uh, renamed uh, whatever the whatever Transformers movie it is that's coming out with um with all this it's like Transformers Seven last night but you you in the last podcast just simply said let's just call it Robot Planet and and the second second you said that. I have been obsessed with this now. And I actually, when I saw the trailer start and I heard Anthony Hopkins' voice, I'm like, okay, Robot Planet, Robot Planet, Robot, just like in my mind. And and it took me maybe 20 seconds to sort of like convince myself that's what this was. And as soon as that locked into my head, I'm like, oh my God, I want to see this movie now. Like actually I want to see this movie called Robot Planet. And this is what it is.
0: I bet that the trailer I saw – so I saw a different Transformers trailer ahead of Guardians this weekend than I'd previously seen. I bet it was the same one you saw. I bet this is like the new one they rolled out where we actually see Anthony Hopkins walking around in one moment. Yeah, yep. And, and we see the goddess that created Optimus yep. Prime. Okay. This one more than anything was like I, – I didn't even have to like think too hard. I was like, yeah, it's Robot Planet and I would watch that movie immediately.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. It has because, nothing to it, do with transformers. Like, exactly. it's just call it Robot Planet and send us on our way. I think it would it's interesting they wouldn't they wouldn't go for that because I think it would be you know it, it, I, more people would go see it. If
0: they yeah. would just tell me that they're not going to transform, I would go see it.
1: <laughs> well, you made a great point. You're like, what's the point? What are they transforming for
0: now? Like, what they're not trying to disguise
1: themselves anymore. Like, what's the
0: are, what does- are all humans suspicious now? Like, now that they know <laughs> every human approaching, like their car is like, wait a second. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it, 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 I'm led to believe that it seems like by this point the robots have basically won, and so humanity is almost right. like the oppressed species. So it's like, well, what the what's the point? What are you? Well,
0: the other thing is there's a movie to be made here, which is like I've mentioned before. One of my favorite movies, not even kidding, is this movie called Reign of Fire with Matthew yes! McConaughey and Christian Bale, where these dragons have scorched the earth and it's this crazy post-apocalyptic dragon story and it's not a fantasy movie like Matthew McConaughey is a marine yep and they could easily do that same tone yeah with the transformers like they've clearly built the software programs that animate these things
1: yeah you
0: could shoot five more transformers movies if you just didn't call them transformers and just had it like this post apocalyptic thing with these giant robots on a planet where humanity is like you know the earth has been scorched because oh, god, one bad group of like yeah. robots have you know burned up all the resources that the humans need to survive that would totally work that same tone
1: well and first first and foremost well done to you for name checking rain of fire that is one of those cool. movies that always gets overlooked and every time it's on i'm like oh my god i love this and then i just yeah. never have the wherewithal to go buy it and own it But that was, I mean, that's a movie that came out, what, late
0: 90s, early 2000s? I think it's, I actually think it's probably like 2005 or six. I think it's pro, no, I think it's actually after the first Batman.
1: Oh, wow. Well, anyway. It might be
0: seven or eight. It's one of those movies that could have
1: easily come out today and still, and it it wouldn't have had to change anything. It's almost, it was almost too ahead of its time, I feel like. Um, But yeah, it's like, at some point the first the very first Transformers movie was fun. It was interesting. Um great little soundtrack as I've mentioned. And when they tra- they actually still retain shapes of the vehicles around them. So like you can say, "Oh, I see how Optimus Prime becomes a semi-truck. I see how Bumblebee becomes a car." Now I look at the character, you know, animations and I'm like, "That dude's not turning into anything. Like he he just is a robot. Like what what's the point anymore? He doesn't even have any color on him. Like there's nothing there's nothing here,
0: so I don't know. Yeah. So, anyway. I quickly, yeah, I saw that before the IMAX movie. I also saw a crazy preview that had no people in it, just a voice and then the logo of the Marvels Inhumans. They are going to premiere that in IMAX.
1: What
0: is going to be awesome? Holy um, crap! Yeah. Uh, and then um, I saw a different Dunkirk trailer than one I'd seen before. This one had a ton of Killian Murphy in it, um, and kind of combined the other the first two that i'd seen like it had the ticking clock which i think i called a heartbeat in our last episode and um but it was really cool and it, it got me into it it's being shown in special 70 millimeter screenings too so uh, that was that, actually the first
1: dunkirk trailer i had ever seen so i was kind of uh both with excited killian, but
0: with killian murphy in
1: it no that was just the first trailer period i had ever seen about dunkirk i'd never seen one before Oh, i don't oh I God. You describe it and so i'd never seen I'm oh like what God. does this thing even look like like the i had f- never even Jeez, seen any the footage so first
0: one was so terrifying because it's just that loud ticking clock and it cuts between the scene of these two soldiers running out on the it's not really a bridge but it's like the 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 you know key that whatever it is the thing where all the soldiers are sitting you watch them all duck in this trailer you know because mm-hmm. the um the planes are approaching and uh yeah so these uh, it's very very tense two soldiers with a wounded soldier running down that to get him on the last ship you know to get the wounded out before uh before they get bombed and that first trailer was just terrifying. So this one was uh, just, I mean, it was scary too, but it had some more humanity in it and it um, mm-hmm. you know, really got me I'm into just it.
1: fascinated that Christopher Nolan wanted to tell this story.
0: Which, like- I mean, must be a huge story in English history and we yeah. as Americans just don't know it. And yeah. so I'm really yeah. hoping that it's kind of like the level of like Saving Private Ryan or, mm-hmm. you know, a Band of Brothers where it's like this pays the respect, you know, to the English history and, mm-hmm. and gives us like a a pretty good look at it. Mm -hmm. um and then i finally i saw the a new spider-man trailer and i think on last week's episode i was a little ho-hum about spider-man maybe not i mean i was it just wasn't as exciting as uh ragnarok for sure and this one had much more of the story in it and much more of like uh peter and spider-man like doing you know doing good old spider-man stuff and i kind of felt myself like oh wow i I can't wait. That's July, you know? Nice.
1: Yeah, so. it is July. That's the, that's the hard part to wrap my head around because I'm so used to Spider-Man being the, the opening May weekend movie. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, weird. This is going to be a later in summer thing now. What
0: oh. bums me out is that Ragnarok's not until November. Like, yeah. oh, man.
1: Which, so. by the way, on your recommendation, I went back that very night after we recorded that and watched, uh, What is it what we do in the shadows yeah. or things we do in the shadows? Yeah. Um, the... Uh, d- <laughs> Taika Waititi, is that it? Yes. Yes, the Taika Waititi movie, which is basically a Flight of the Concords episode minus Brett. I mean for all intents and purposes. <laughs> yeah. There were – and I told you this too. Uh, there were moments in that movie I violently laughed. Yes. It was just so – but there was other parts that were a little slow. I really think it could have been a killer web series and not a movie. But yeah. I'm glad it exists nonetheless. It's so.
0: I, Yeah, I totally agree with you. I I had the same experience where there things would happen where I would like choke with laughter. I was laughing so hard. And then there were just like some kind of boring pieces where it was like the joke didn't land, but because of the style of the movie, it kept going a little bit longer. And I I could kind of tell because I did see it in the theater. So I could kind of tell that like other people were laughing at things I wasn't laughing at. And Mm -hmm. I was laughing at things that other people weren't laughing at. So I get that it's in that very, um, it's just funny because they're vampires and werewolves, but they're all playing the straight man in (laughs) a comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, even like the Nosferatu (laughs) vampire that's like just super just deadpan and like realistic, you know, it's like there's nothing kind of fantastic about it. It's like that just can... You know, it can go either way. You can laugh hysterically at it or you can be like, I don't get what what's going on.
1: But. Well, I like it too. And, and the reason I brought it up is because Taika Waititi is directing Thor: Ragnarok. Yes, He directed that, but he's also in it as like one of the lead roles. I didn't realize he actually appeared in it. So that oh, was kind that's of fun. Right. Yeah, he's like the main, he's like the main vampire. They sort of the, uh, the Jared of Silicon Valley. He's just kind of yeah. walking around showing you about, you know, like, this is what this is. And. But yeah, once once Murray shows up as the leader of the wolf pack, I'm just like, oh God. Yes. Murray, the
0: manager of the flight of the Concords. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're, we're werewolves, not swearwolves. Well, (laughs) like when they're when they're they're trying
1: to like not get triggered, they're just like, remember you breathing, boys, remember you're breathing? (laughs) It was just like – it really is – if you love Flight of the Concords, god damn it, go watch this movie because you, yeah. it has a lot of the same sort of dry humor. Like for me just – I'll just say this. For me, it took about 10 minutes for me to really get into it. I, you know, I was watching going, yeah, this is okay I guess. But the moment they're having the argument in the kitchen about divvying up the chores because all the vampires live in this house, and two of them get in this like argument with each other, and immediately, and you mentioned this the last time you when you first mentioned this movie to me, you, you mentioned this scene. They're sitting there arguing, and all of a sudden they're like, <laughs> and they they <laughs> rise in the air and start having like a slap while like, oh, levitating <laughs> in the air, and it happens so seamlessly that yeah, you're yeah. just like, holy fuck, that's right, they are they're vampires, this and it's, is how they would
0: fight. it's shot in that style of like uh reality show kind of like yes. we, we're accustomed to with single camera sitcoms where i can't even remember if they actually address the camera at any point but it's definitely oh, meant to feel like yeah. there's a documentary crew like living in the house of them like yep. they've invited them along like you know come see oh, how, how these vampires do, live yeah they
1: do recognize no, they do re- recognize the oh, camera yeah, yeah. Because when they're out with that once once they turn nick spoilers into a vampire he's like talking to the camera like don't don't talk to them. Like they're they're very specific about like, you know, they don't want to be outed as vampires or anything. So it's like right. they're, you know, they, they mention it. But yeah, it's it's got it so good. And I can't now that I've seen that, I have high, high expectations for Thor Ragnarok.
0: Man, like, I mean, I saw the trailer again before Guardians and was like, holy shit, I'm so excited about Thor Ragnarok. So you asked me on our last episode like what I was most looking forward to. That is it. Definitely.
1: That might be second place in my list now. I think right after Kingsman might be Thor: which yeah. are both fall movies, and I I think makes, fall is becoming the new summer.
0: Makes so. total sense. I mean, you you love Kingsman, and and that should be exciting to you. And I will see Wonder Woman on opening weekend for sure. Oh, me but too. For Ragnarok will be like that's the one I'm anticipating. So. Well,
1: let's do this. If if Wonder Woman ends up being as killer as I hope, then we should probably do another another review episode. Let's do it. it. That'll be awesome. Get Emily Kelly in, Emily. That's that's a challenge. We we you know let's we got to make sure we gotta, first of all the movie's got to be as, as good as I want, and then we can all just geek out about it.
0: Yeah, love it. And thanks for uh, uh, thank you, Taylor, for hanging around and and doing this catch up. We actually talked more about movies than I thought we would. Yeah. Um, so as we mentioned on our last episode, um, Todd and Taylor's show may be kind of few and far between while we while we're doing American Godscast, prepping for Wednesday and Westeros and stuff like that. But like you just now said. If Wonder Woman, you know, kicks ass, let's regroup for that. And yeah. we got a bunch of other ideas for stuff to do. So where can people find us?
1: Uh, we are online on Google Play, on iTunes, on Stitcher, especially Stitcher. Um, also SoundCloud slash or soundcloud.com SoundCloud slash their network. And of course, on our website, www.there.network. Where can we find you, Todd, outside of all that?
0: You can chat with me on Twitter at A. What about you? I'm at Taylor Trask on Twitter.
1: And uh, find us there. Give us notes. Give us comments. You know, suggest shows to us. All that good stuff. We'll, we'll, we're always listening. So thanks for that.
0: Cool. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you all for listening. We will talk to you soon. Bye.